Hey guys, it's Panda. This is the second half of our character focus episode about Akio with Gio and Yasha from Empty Movement. And even though this show kind of comes with an implicit trigger warning, I even say that at some point during the episode, because if you've watched Revolutionary Girl Utena, you kind of know what you're in for, especially in an Akio episode. But there's a lot of discussion about sexual assault and rape culture and the way that society views and talks about sexual assault and I just want everyone to know that like all of this discussion comes from like personal experience on at least like my part and the part of some of our guests. I don't want to speak for everyone but uh, I just want you the listeners to know that like this isn't coming from a place where we're trying to like victim blame or anything like that because we would never, even if some of the language might sound like it, I hope that the intent of our conversation comes through in the end because I feel like it did, but I know that some of the things that were said could maybe be misconstrued or misinterpreted. And if you have any issue with anything that was said in this episode, any way that things were phrased in this episode, please feel free to reach out to us either on Twitter at UtenaCast or at our email, which is imagineandutena at gmail.com. Uh, we're very receptive to feedback. And if you feel the need to reach out about anything that was said in this episode, I totally understand. Also, if you're listening to this and it sounds like that this is a conversation that you may not want to listen to, that's totally fine. Do what you need to do for your own personal comfort. You never have to listen to an episode of this podcast. Like, it's not going to hurt my feelings if you just don't want to for whatever reason. It's totally fine. I totally get it. But I just wanted to get all that out of the way and I hope you enjoy the episode if you decide to listen to it. Okay, should we this, start this, from... The Zencaster doesn't want to watch episode 33. <laughs> I don't blame it. <laughs> um, We can start from where we paused, because we okay. were briefly, I don't know, I'll figure out how much to edit around, but we were talking about uh, Anthe being Kozue and Mickey's new stepmom, and yeah. it didn't... Ultimately, the conversation didn't really matter that much. So if something happens and we have to cut all of it out, like well, I, at least okay. at least no. I feel like I got a little bit more out of it. So I'm sorry for the listener if you don't get to hear it. Well, you know, whatever. Like, um, it, it, even if we leave a mistake in, it doesn't matter. Well, the only thing like, that I think people is really are going to forgive us. Worth it, like the thing that I think the point being made there is that. Mm-hmm. On the one occasion that you see someone that might possibly be a responsible adult, they're being influenced. They're by already Uten and An- Akio and Anthony are already there. Yeah, like there's okay. There's and just that's... no responsible adult anywhere in this exactly. world. Exactly, and not even that. But Anthe is also she's in the like we're we're meant to assume that the parent is in the outside world. They're not in Otori. And they're trapped in a coffin too. Well, probably. Th- Probably, but, like, the implication is that Anthony and Akio's power extends beyond the borders of Otori when they want it to, and that they can affect the real world when they want to. They just yeah, don't yeah. want to. 
You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's that's what's implied there. And that's the really interesting implication about this is that they choose not to touch the rest of the world. They choose not to affect the rest of the world. And they can when they need to, though. Yeah, but they can't. It's it's a choice. It's not I can't, it's I don't feel like it. Which is mm-hmm. very lazy immortal of them, I guess. They are very lazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, no. Okay, like, I didn't. Just... I did not understand this when I first saw it because I was oh, not very washing. familiar with like Japanese culture and okay. habits. We should pause this to oh, talk okay. about Japanese hygiene. Apparently, sure. it is a thing in Japan that you shower before sex. Interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't either. So I'm like, why is she taking a bath now? Yeah, I thought it was a little weird, but I'm like, sure, whatever. Maybe she'd gone to the gym or God knows what she was. Utina gonna Utina, but mm-hmm. yeah. but it is apparently like a thing. Like when you go to like a love hotel or whatever, you you bathe and you shower before the sex because it's rude to you know go into bed being all stank from the day or whatever. Yeah, nobody wants but, to deal with your crutch. But the fact that now. she's doing this now is like basically a very clear and explicit indication that she knows what's happening, or she wouldn't have done. Well, it. and even the fact yeah. that she's there. Yeah. Even the fact that the she's, fact that she's there, there, she already knows where this is going, yeah. whether she accepts it or not. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it just, it the, just makes it what, worse. It makes it's it worse. so yeah, uncomfortable. Like, I'm very upset now. <laughs> I know. I know. It's it is okay. very upsetting. This is where it gets like spicy, and I get in trouble. Okay. We I'm, are not okay. saying. We okay. are not saying. We're not saying that this is consensual. Okay. Anyway, I mean, I'm she's fourteen. And yeah. I mean, there's no bones about that. It is rape. The problem is when you just say it's rape and you end the conversation, the implication is that it's like a physically assaultive kind of rape mm-hmm. and that's not what he's done. The thing yes. that makes this so terrible is she doesn't know she's been raped. Yeah. And never yeah. believes she yeah. I mean, it's not as though that's like uncommon. No, certainly it's not. But, but it's, it's a it's whole other problem. It's something that people don't pay attention to. And yeah. when you think, oh, well, Akio raped Utna then that really misses the entire point of the thing because he didn't use force. He didn't do any of the things that we are taught to expect when it comes to rape, but he still violated her. Yeah, I think that just comes down to like like a lot of places in society not having the tools for a nuanced conversation about sexual assault. Sometimes I think not. We don't have the words for it. Like. Here in Canada, we don't use, like, um, in a legal sense, we don't use rape as a charge. We use sexual assault, and there are several different degrees of it. And I think that's a little more, like, that's a little more nuanced, but there, there's, there's, definitely, no there's definitely room for improvement there. But that's like when I, when I, like, I, like was, I was talking to our friends, like, when, on the con, and it was the kind of thing where it's like, it's rape. But, mm-hmm. and the thing that I mean by but is that it's it's a different kind of rape than what is generally implied when someone just says rape. Mm-hmm. This is this is someone that does not realize that she's being used this way. Yeah. She thinks she's consenting. Absolutely. And that's what's terrifying about it because that's, that, that because decision is never her. her. He's grooming yeah. her for the entire. Yeah. That's what he does. 
And they exactly. never disabuse her of that idea. Exactly. And I think she copes with it based on that idea that she chose to put herself there when clearly, like, from us looking on, this was absolutely never her choice to begin with. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. then, uh, that fucker throws that back in her face. Yeah. He does. He sure does. He does. Because he's the worst. He does that. It doesn't fucking work. She's like, that's bullshit, basically. Yeah. That's honestly the biggest testament to Utena's character in this whole thing. Like, and she's a lot like, of the stuff that she does when it looks like you're supposed to be celebrating her, like in episode 12, oh, well, I won the fight and all that. Yeah, you won the fight to take somebody back who is a an accessory to your personality, like a, a helper for your psychology. You wanted them as a pet. You didn't want yeah. them as a friend. You didn't want them as an equal. You wanted them as a possession. But later right? on, when he he implies that she bears some guilt for what has happened between them, she's like, that's not fair. And for a moment, she looks like kind of reticent about that. But right away, it's like basically the conversation is over. Whatever emotional impact he thought this was going to have, it didn't. she's like, I, no, she's this like, is not Whatever, gone. man. I'm That's not going to define myself based on this. Exactly. And that to me is the the biggest testament to her strength. She she looks at what she's done and decides, you know, that was a thing that happened, but it doesn't need to affect me. There's actually a story about a philosopher. I can't remember her name. Um, that She was traveling to Athens, like in ancient Greece, traveling to Athens, and she got raped on the way there. And then she just shows up at this philosopher's convention or whatever they're having in Athens like nothing ever happened. Meanwhile, news has already spread and they're like, oh my God, you got raped. And she's like, so? That doesn't change me. That doesn't touch me as a person. That's Let's like, do our thing. That's peak Greek bullshit. <laughs> I know, it's, I know, I know it's but, so it's Greek, still, but... but it's still like that, that level of understanding yourself yeah. and knowing that other people can attempt to yeah. violate you, but... Uh, a bit, it doesn't a bit, necessarily a, have to be that a way. A bit of dick isn't going to make a woman out of her. Exactly. Mm-hmm. She'll decide She's the one who decides when she's a woman. But at this point, we're still Akio watching her get increasingly uncomfortable. Yeah. With things. So we have a very and the flowers are the flowers are now in a vase. Yeah. We've bothered to pack up the flowers. We have a very complicated view on this entire episode, yeah. and it's really something. That when you try to condense it down into anything, it's just, it's just it sounds like awful, or it sounds irrelevant, or it sounds well, like pretty much any discussion of this episode is inherently awful because yeah. the content is so awful. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Like if you don't come out of this episode feeling kind of ill in some way or another, you probably weren't really watching. It. Yeah, either that or you're associated. Wow. Yeah. That. Yeah. Definitely. But yeah, like to me, the 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 creepiest thing about this is that as far as she's concerned, she's consenting, and she's yeah. got no capacity to do that in any. No, way. like they've they've but basically she she trapped has. her into a corner where her only option is consent, and that's like she's just following along yeah. with their plan at this and point. Like, what was it I was getting into um, before? Um, oh, I can't even remember the context of the conversation, but basically, like. It feels even worse that she doesn't say no. Yeah. Like, no. it would have been more comfortable yeah, if she saw said... Yeah, you were talking yeah. to people on Discord. If she this. had said no, and then we reacted to her saying no, and he reacted to her saying no by listening or not, it would have been easier than what she does, which is say nothing either way, because she doesn't even know to say no at this point. She's so out of her league and so past what she's comfortable with that the 
idea of saying, no, I don't want this to keep going doesn't even cross her mind. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's not exactly uncommon for victims of sexual no, assault. No, no, actually, okay, maybe a little TMI. I don't know if you want to cut this out. Um, what, what, my first time was what, very much Whatever like you this. feel comfortable sharing, I mean, I feel like this entire show comes with a trigger warning, so, uh, you know. Yeah. yeah. Whatever you feel like sharing, we'll probably keep in here. <laughs> my first time was very much like hers. Mm-hmm. Very much with uh, an older person who was manipulating me and wasn't emotionally invested in it, where I was completely emotionally invested in it and not really understanding what I was getting into. Like I identify so strongly Mm -hmm. with Utena in this, like so very, very strongly. And it just, it, it, it's kind of like, it's kind of galling when you hear people who are like oh well you know that's just rape and that's it because there's so much more to it there's so much going on there we we just don't have the words to discuss it we don't have the vocabulary in place like we're starting to coercive sex is starting to be a thing yeah. and that's good that's great i i totally support it yeah. happening i i oh i yeah. hope so much. Well, I mean, like the question of whether a fourteen-year-old girl can qualify yeah. as consenting is absolutely clear. She cannot. But at the time when I was in that situation, yeah, I would have said, "Fuck you, I'm, I'm consenting. consenting." And that's what's scary. Is, yeah, is you can fool someone that age into thinking they have that capacity to consent because they don't they understand. Don't. They yeah. don't understand. They they can't. Their brains aren't finished baking yet. And Uchin is very much in that position. And yeah. It's, and it's made, like, even more eerie when you see how, like, it's Akio doing this, but Anthe is listening. Anthe is so complicit. She's, like, literally on the other side oh of the my phone god, saying, that you whole, Oh, my God, where she's wrapped up in the kimono like that and, yeah. like, hunched over. Her body language is just so crushing there. Yeah, she's getting, like, very withdrawn. She's getting withdrawn and nervous. And this and asshole like, won't oh. even let her win at a fellow because yeah. apparently he's got... Because Akio. Because he's an asshole. Like... You could at least throw the game for the because girl. Because Akio. You know. Like, let's just face it. Because Akio. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's all. And I think it's okay. especially telling that, like, she keeps talking about food because she knows he likes to cook. So she keeps trying to bait him into conversations, but you never hear his response. And the implication is that whatever response he has is very brief or not there at all. So I feel like she's using food because that's what she thinks about, like, she associates with him is that he likes to cook. Right? So she keeps bringing this up, trying to loop him into a conversation because she's so unnerved and so freaked out by what's going on that it would normalize things to have a conversation. But the implication in his silence from what you see is that he's not giving that safety to her. Yeah. He's He's just just letting her denying her. He's just letting her get that much more uncomfortable by not humoring her with that conversation. And you kind of wonder whether he says much of anything at all. And if he does, it's obviously nothing that's going to make her feel any more, you know, peace of mind. Like yeah. he's, he's quite content to let her just get more and more uncomfortable and disarmed as long as he gets what he wants in the end, which he knows he will. Yep. So it's, it's like completely sick. It it's is. It's totally sick. It's utterly sick. How do you guys feel about Shiori? Um... I like Shiori. Shiori, honestly, I don't like her that much, but it's because of her voice. I'm not a fan of her voice. She's got resting bitch voice. She does. (laughs) And that just, it 
her voice rubs me the wrong way, but her character in general is very identifiable. Like, yeah, everybody was that girl at some point. Let's let's not. Yeah, I feel like Shiori gets a worse like. Not that she doesn't deserve a bad rap, but I feel like she gets a worse rap than she deserves. Okay, a little bit of um. Fan of, history. No, not even fan history. Fan current, uh, oh, current shit that's going yeah. on. Okay. We have a friend who is a very, very, like, avid Shiori fan. Like, loves Shiori. Because she understands. Okay. Like, this is actually the person who, when we were at RoseCon 2010, and we went to New Orleans, she actually sat me down and explained me, like, tutored me in the ways of Shiori. <laughs> she and, Shiori explained. Yeah. And the thing is, so a lot of the things that she will put on her social media when it's just, just related, as an aside, let's really, pause really this. quick. We're that pause that this. light going off is an echoed shot in the movie. They do a yes, similar shot. They do. But um, so, so this person on her social media, she'll sometimes put Shiori things, and on her Tumblr, which is Shiori focused, she'll put the Shiori things all the time. And she actually gets hate mail for this, Aww. like. Her Shiori oh, mood and somebody will re- reblog it and like Shiori is a bitch and you're a bitch for putting it on there. And that's not even to say anything about Ruka. Well, we're one of our friends is a very vehement Ruka fan and basically can't reblog well, it. Somebody's gotta be. Someone's gotta be. Yeah, Absolutely. yeah, yeah. And Allegoriast, if you're listening to this, Ooh. you are my most, most passionately, purely platonic friend. I love you, <laughs> but, but but um, if she reblogs stuff about Ruka, she gets hate mail. She's actually gotten death threats over it. Like, yikes! Yeah, it's yeah. it's actually pretty scary. Like when I when I first say this stuff, it, it's not. It doesn't sound like the the intensity that it actually is. You know what? I think it's because people who relate to being a victim of someone like Shiori relate to it on a very visceral, miserable, mm. I was in high school at the time, mm. I feel this very acutely level. If if this, if episode 33 and what Akio is doing is familiar to you, it was so traumatic, you don't get to get angry and laugh at it anymore because you're probably still dealing yeah. with it. Truly. Yeah. 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 Like, this, frankly, that's kind of how I feel about it, is whatever happens here, it probably cut way too deep for you to be like, I'm angry on the internet about it. No. God, no. Mm-hmm. Like... With my personal history, that's kind of like this. It's just kind of like you don't have the spoon. That was a thing. That was a thing that happened. And uh, beyond that, I'm really not sure that I want to do anything about it. I'm not going to mad at anybody, Mm -hmm. surely. Like it's, um, but with Shiori and Ruka, it's so so much more poisonous, really. But okay, so. So the closer we get to like that sequence, the worse she gets animated. And by worse, I mean the more feminine she looks. Mm-hmm. You know, I noticed that actually. Yeah, her lips are now pink, and that whole sequence is one of the best animated sequences in the entire series. Like, and it's, it's like beautiful. It's, this, it's, like, honestly, it's so beautifully drawn. It's so, yeah, like yeah. the the fact that she blinks twice there. Like, you, you can tell that she's nervous, that she's scared, that she's, like, I don't know whether I should be doing... Oh, God. Well, she this keeps is looking, so she keeps looking just off his face. Yeah. Like, she'll make kind of a gesture looking him in the eyes, but she can't hold his eye contact with him. Yeah. Because she's just that far 
out of her comfort zone. She just isn't ready for what the fuck is happening here. Don't click on that now. Okay. Unless it's there. Trying to come up with your grocery yeah. your grocery list yeah. while you're having an experience you may or may not be totally cool with is a very relatable yeah. feeling. Yeah, Ugh. like she's totally trying to detach herself from yeah. what's happening, but she's still talking about something she thinks Akio would respond to. Mm-hmm. So, like, on one hand, she's totally withdrawn and tra- trying to pull herself out of this. And on the other hand, she's, like, oh my God. begging him for some cue to make this, this okay. This. Yeah, like, what? who, who knows what's happening there? I know what's happening there. Well, I you know. do know what's happening there. Yeah, and, that's yeah, the, the biting the finger <laughs> is not a pain thing. It is not. No. Yeah. It's not. Yeah, I picked up on that when I was watching this earlier. Well, a lot of the time, um, okay. Can't, uh, um, oh, before it gets to the really it. bad shit, um, okay. this, is, this is bad. Um, uh, God, thoughts on this from the beginning of the fandom. There was the Akio hypnotized her. Oh, yes. Yes. There was. There was this whole, like, Akio hypnotized uh, Utna into, into doing this with him. No. And I just, I just can't. <laughs> There was I a, can't there even was, take there that was seriously. Very, there was very much a push at the beginning to give a comfortable rationale to everything that happened in the show. Mm-hmm. Nobody liked it. Yeah, I think you guys you guys talked in yeah, the yeah. first episode yeah. that we recorded, or the, the first recording that we did, rather, about, like, how people tried to sort yeah. of it fit Utena into, normal like, anime genre boxes that yeah. it did not and it was not here it, it so no it, it definitely wasn't and this is kind of building on that with the whole like akio hypnotized utina into it that's a way to rationalize it and keep the hero of the show pure, pure which is according to the standard time yeah and the point like, is that she's sullying herself and then doesn't give a fuck later because that's uh, not you know how what? you no, sully the, yourself the point is that that's not sullying yourself yeah, at exactly. all exactly that's what that's i mean not, like that's, she's doing the like act that people associate with that loss but, it's but she not, doesn't care that's not that she's not judging herself on those that's boundaries. the most wonderful thing about this series is yeah. that's not a mark on her character that's not a mark on her morals yeah. that's nothing that's nothing to her well i feel like there's a lot for people to get out of this episode in so far as a catharsis, because this is basically in this episode and from what comes of it, mm-hmm. the story of someone experiencing sexual abuse and then rising above it. Yeah. Absolutely. Rising yeah. Above it. She just doesn't, she's done. Yeah. She has her times when this, this bothers her and there are moments in the series where this clearly changed who she felt she was. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, she decided this is not how I'm going to define myself. This is not, you know, the, the, the way I'm going to let myself feel isn't going to be based on what he's done to me. He's got no power over me. Yeah. And to me, that's a very positive message, Absolutely. but you have to get through this to get to it. Yeah. Part yeah. about it. I think. Yeah. What were the other theories about this? There was uh, the Akio mind control theory. Yeah. There was one where they didn't have sex. And this yeah. There was one where it yeah. wasn't sex and there's one where it is utterly rape the entire time. Like, and she's yeah. like, actively resisting which i never could get from the body language that goes on here that right there uh, that's uh, not resistance okay interesting oh, story jesus i have the storyboards for this episode i haven't scanned them yet i need to scan them uh, this shot of her hand and his is not in the storyboard mm-hmm. they added that huh. yeah and i don't know why i don't know if they felt that it wasn't clear enough what had happened or what 
but the shot of I would argue that the shot of the hand does make mm-hmm. it like if, oh, if there was no. any that doubt means- that that was what was going on, like okay. that this, sort of solidifies. Auntie looking up in the like on the phone with her glasses all like yeah. lit, lit up. Look like something out of even. Oh yeah, younger. yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Oh, and they have such a love affair, Hideaki oh, yeah, and yeah. Ikuhara. Oh my god, Anno is like, like Ikuhara is like asking, "Did you fuck Utena tonight?" Yeah. Did you He's deliver like, yeah, the I roses? Sure I yes. sure did. Like that's that's, that's what they're saying. That's how there. degenerate and miserable that relationship is. Yep. Because they both know this is something that they've been fighting over, but we're still going to have the conversation as if it means nothing to either of them. Yep. For him to do this, absolutely. God. Yeah. Why? She still thinks she chose this. He's the that is her face. That her face is still one of no, someone. It's like I did this on my own. Yeah, I didn't get raped. This was my idea. And fourteen-year-old me definitely is there with her. And I was like, I'm not going to disabuse you of that idea. Yeah, I'm fine with that. You. I mean, like a lot of yeah. four. I mean, a lot of fourteen-year-olds yeah. feel that way. If you have like a sexual experience yeah. at that age, like you, you think like, like this was. This was what I want, and then like maybe later down the line, you realize like, oh, this maybe yeah. wasn't the way that yeah, I wanted exactly, this to happen. Exactly, and it's just so I don't know. It's just so it's it's a thing. It's yeah, it's an extremely uncomfortable thing. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, hard to talk sure about, and it's hard to think about. But I think it's like honestly one of the most important things in the series, and. You, Ikuhara, for putting one of the most important things in, this in, in a, a recap episode. Clip show. Fuck you. Great big middle fingers to Ikuhara. If you know, I ever meet know, like, him, I'm just going to flip him off. This episode. Like, whatever. I'm not yeah. going to watch this episode and shut up. Well, he the does that week. in all the clip shows, really. He puts something really important in all the clip shows. Except except 13. Yeah. Well, no. No. The, 13 is literally. The, the important thing uh, in 13 is Anthe joining him at the end. All right, that's fair. That's Because that's otherwise, all thing. episode 13 is, is 20 minutes of Akio talking to himself about himself. Which is exactly what Akio would do. Which is, yeah. An ego that size. It's a very Akio act. We did almost talk about that episode, but then we realized that that was just the yeah. entirety of the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. That episode up for yeah. you. Akio yeah. talks about himself to himself for half an hour. Yeah. Just stroking himself. And says nothing in this one, which that's the other thing is Akio is such a yeah. fucking chatterbox. And he, for him yeah. to say nothing is an extremely like bad, nasty alarm. Okay. I just want to say here, the end of episode, like next episode are they are spoiler laden messes they're so like oh i'm gonna pause it because we're just talking now it's basically over um but anthe in these is like holy shit yeah if you watch all of the next episode things you get a glimpse of her personality oh my god way better glimpse of her personality than you do in the series what what what's that one where she basically says just i'm gonna kill you kind of thing to utna uh i want to say it's 36 i can't remember off the top it's are you is that where uh they're having kind of like the banter about like her putting the poison in Usha's like, Yeah, that's why I'm thinking it's around there, but she she straight yeah. up at Friends one point are. says that she's Utina's rival, like that yeah. she's going to take Utina out. Yeah. Like And that's I don't know, that's <laughs> <it's> messed up. <laughs> 
Akio having sex with Utena is so obviously like an attempt at a power move too late. Mm-hmm. Too. Because like he he's trying yeah. to like Akio seems to have some idea that this is not going exactly the way he wants it to, but he's yeah. so far removed from what would actually tell him what to do that a lot of the things he does, he does way too late in the game. Like he tries to separate and he them. He does them out late. of rote. He too. does, them, he out does them out of the things that he's practiced before. Yeah. He doesn't he doesn't like try to react to the situation. He doesn't really he know what to do. He just looks at his little like um pre-made situations yeah. that he's like pre-made reactions that he yeah. has and uses one of those for it rather than reacting to the situation as no. is. And I mean in that sense like it's on one hand he's like eerily skilled at what he does and on the Ugh. other hand he's like flailing because he yeah. doesn't know what to do with Anthony the moment she has any sort of emotional attachment that isn't to him. He yep. knows how to reinforce that. He knows how to make that necessary and he knows how to carve off any other kind of competition. But once she's attached to somebody else and once she's thinking positively of someone else, he does not know what to do. And he keeps fucking it up. And if he had never gotten involved with this hot mess and had sex with Uch and all this stuff, he probably would have gotten out fine. Yep. But he overstepped his boundaries. Like Toga, he like wanted Toga to he wanted to have his cake and eat it too. He wanted to have his cake and fuck it too. <laughs> well, I mean, that's the same thing as Toga, though. Yeah, fair. Yeah. I mean, fair. <laughs> but it's it's just so... Hmm, it's so interesting how Akio's manipulative um, strategies just yeah. entirely fail him at this point. Well, I feel like that's... And the show doesn't present it as him no, failing. It doesn't. The show doesn't present it as him, like, fucking up. It's... At this point, you're still thinking that he's this, this great big predator or whatever. Yeah. Where... He's been flailing since, like, episode, I would say, 27 uh, was off edge ish. the moment that teacup broke. Yeah. Yep. That was, like, the moment things were not going his way. Exactly. And ever since then, he's been just, like, trying to compensate for shit that's going on. And even he doesn't really realize it. But it's Fuck only... No. It's only when you take several years, maybe decades, to look at his behavior and see yeah. what's going on that you actually kind of see, like, Akio is not in control of this situation. Yeah. He does not know what to do at this point, yeah. aside from what he would normally do. Which he applies to this in a wrong way. Yeah, and it backfires. Yep. Terribly. <laughs> but, but I think it's so, pretty interesting to think of like him as like like a representative of the system doing everything seemingly right and having it all backfire seems mm -hmm. a little bit on the nose right now, culturally speaking, yeah. as far as systems, yeah. <laughs> systems not functioning as designed despite functioning exactly as designed. Yep. Like, he's doing everything right by the system he literally designs himself. He's the projector. What? Mm -hmm. <laughs> it all comes back. But it's not going well. Good job, guys. Oh, we do this all the time. Yeah, Come on. We don't rehearse that. We just yeah. don't do it. We were in a long distance relationship for 10 years. <laughs> and then and then you spent summers and then entire yeah. years here. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, we like but, Akio and Toga, and yet we are probably more Utena than Anthe. Yeah. The arc yeah. of our life has much more resembled Utena and Anthe than like anyone else. But, but we, we prefer the garbage. And yet, we like and, to roll and in trash. I'm okay? here like, and yet I'm sitting here like after all of this, and I hesitate to say this, I relate to Akio's reticence to change his life. Well, yeah, absolutely. Because like, once you 
Okay, he's got his shit on lock. He's got this nice little thing going. Exactly. He gets to be this little god in his own silly little universe and doesn't have to worry about anything aside from driving fast and fucking. Yep. That sounds great. <laughs> and the fact that he's so miserably bad at protecting that because he's never actually had to, I can relate to, but I can also relate to his interest in leaving that system exactly where it is. If the system is working for you because you've designed it, then why on God's green earth would you want it to change? Mm -hmm. Yeah. He has no investment in changing his situation at all. He says he'd like to change things to make Anthony happy. And I think on some level he believes on that. On some level he believes that. On, on most of his mm -hmm. levels, he's like, no, he's I'm like, fine yeah. where I am. Like, like the fact that he like just chucks the broken sword away and he's like, oh well, oh no, I guess we'll try you know, next time. That is not the reaction. I'm someone just gonna has. come at this door with a sword <laughs> instead of trying the handle. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like he, he does not react as someone that is genuinely disappointed this didn't work. No, out. no, he because doesn't. he doesn't want any of these things to change. Why would he? He gets to have sex with fourteen year olds. He gets to drive his fast car. He gets to make the vice principal shudder in fear every time he, he walks. He gets to by. make beautiful cakes. He makes good cakes. Yeah. He gets to do whatever he wants. Look, it's really hard to make a beautiful cake. Okay. He gets to do whatever he wants <laughs> and there's no cost to him. He doesn't pay for any of this behavior. The entire cost of everything he does previously and to present is born on Anthe. Why would you want to change that? Why exactly. would you want that to change at all? Exactly. Why would you want to save her and risk taking that and on yourself? And the thing is, Akio maybe can't do anything else. Like, there's a lot of people that have theorized that... Um, Dios's kind of uh, gradient into Akio yeah. is something that's kind of, that's beyond his control to do anything about because he can only be one extreme or the other extreme. Yeah. Can Akio so, can redeem himself? Can he redeem weird, himself? Like, can, he? can he care about Anthe when he's literally supposed to be the exact opposite of Dios at that point. Well, that's a, like, can you, he care about Anthe? I, I honestly haven't listened to all of the podcasts. I've listened to about two thirds of it so far. <laughs> do you think he's salvageable yeah do you think he could be redeemed at this point not really no yeah no i agree with yeah. you i like, agree with you i don't think he wants to he would not want to you have to want it exactly. yeah I mean, he doesn't want it exactly alice what do you think though that is actually kind of an interesting question i'm genuinely yeah yeah no it's a hard question like you had to take into account his entire character, and they don't really give you a lot about no. his character beyond what he says, which we all know is bullshit. And the moment well, he... we yeah, we do ahead. have we do we do have if you consider him and Dios to be the same in a more meaningful sense, then we do have something of him at his best point. Yes, but we don't yeah. have anything in the middle, like. Though I, I'm gonna have to say probably not, mostly on the fact that first off, he has no real need to and has yeah. no real desire to. Yeah, agreed. He has no. There's not really necessarily because of because of his lack of need to. There's not really necessarily a mechanic for him to do so. Yeah. Who, to whom does Akio confess his sins? I mean, no one. No he doesn't one. think the there's sins the, in the first place. Exactly, but even if he thought they were, to who? The people yeah. that he spent so long manipulating that they're barely people anymore. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no, Aki he lives in a world where only one person exists, and it's him. Yep. 
I don't know. I would say Akio lives in a world where only two people exist, and that's him and Anthe. But he thinks of, of, of Anthe thinks, as an accessory to himself at this uh, point. At this point, yes, but she's still she's yeah. still a presence. She's still like this. That's fair. Yeah. You know what? He's a Anthe is a lump in his um, perception of the world. Anthe yeah. is an outlier, a something something uncomfortable yeah. that probably, honestly, he'd love to get rid of. Well, he that's just, what I think. That's what I think ultimately love. is going to happen in the end. Oh yeah! Like there's this desire to see him flogged to death for what he's done, and I totally relate to that. But when she says, "Keep playing prince in this in this little castle forever or coffin. whatever coffin," I think that's exactly what he's going to do. Yeah, he's just going to keep on keeping on. And he'll, that's it. What was it you said? He'll hide under his car for like a week. Yeah, and then he'll go on exactly as he always has. He'll wake up and be like, "Oh, I wanted Anthe to leave. I sent her away." And, exactly. And you exactly you just proceed from there. I set the situation up to rid myself of this horrible yeah. thorn in my side. He's like completely delusional, and he's yeah. completely willing to sacrifice his own memory on the altar of what he would like. I to understand sound that. I honestly, honestly get that. It's not something that I have done. It's something I wish I could do. Holy shit. Being able to like edit your, your own yeah. memories. Oh, I would and, never. And I would, okay. Okay. So um, because of who I am, I will go back and be embarrassed over shit that I did when I was eight kind of thing. And the person is like dead now. And I'll still be like, that was horrible. I wish I could. That was that. awful. I should have done something else entirely. Any, I would love to edit yeah. my memories. And oh even my God. if you can't edit your own, if you can edit everyone else's, that's functionally the same thing. Mm-hmm. If nobody else remembers that Akio fucked up this hard and lost then he didn't anything, fuck then up. he didn't fuck up. Exactly. And that kind, that level of self-delusion is very comfortable sounding. Oh, yeah. If an Akio fucks up in a woods and no one's around to hear exactly. it. Exactly. Exactly. Nobody hears it. Which is hard because that's a loud engine. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like who could resist that? Who would really want? Who would want to resist By the that? Same token, and like on top of all of this, like just to just to make it worse. So we're talking about how I can, like we can see the appeal in being able to preserve this sort of ideal for yourself that you get to play around like a little child and forever and ever and ever. The fact that this character, who is supposed to be the the fallen version of Dios, becomes mm-hmm. a, a toxic masculinity authoritarian figure that bangs children, <laughs> I think is like pretty scary. Because what is that basically saying? But that decent boys turn bad and that all men are like this in the end. Like the show has extremely negative perspectives in many ways, I think, about sex and about men and about what you can expect from Oh, definitely. Yeah, and like, what what does he embody in that case? If he gets to do whatever he wants, and this is what he does, he has sex with children. That's what he does. He that's the best he can do. Yeah, it is, and that's pretty scary to think of as a rationale okay. for his behavior. I want to take this out of Utina territory for just a second here because this really reminds me of um, Piers Anthony. Have you ever heard of him? Either of you? Um, I feel like I know that name. He's an, he's a he wrote the author. Xanth novels, which are basically- oh yes, I know about those. Yeah, yeah, I'm vaguely aware of those. In the very first Xanth novel, there's a, a character who has never, um, like you get kicked out of Xanth if you don't have magic. That's basically the end of it. Um, there's a character who has 
never been involved with a girl and he's never found his magic and all of this kind of thing. And at some point he ends up visiting this sorceress and for whatever reasons, I'm not going to get into them. She tries to tempt him to stay with her forever. And the first form she takes of is a, is a barely pubescent adolescent girl. And the, the text explicitly refers to her as forbidden and something that you can never, ever have. And I'll be this thing that you could never have for you if you stay yeah. with me. And like, uh, it's, yeah. that kind of sentiment permeates, permeates our entire society. Like the glorification of pedophilia is like, it's inherent in our media. Given how much is joked about insofar as like, oh my god, Akio is at Ikuhara's standard and blah, 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 blah. The question then becomes, at what point is this commentary and at what point is this vicariously living through this character? Exactly. And I feel like there's probably a little bit of both there. Because honestly, like, this you know comes what? across honestly, as I think too I keenly it... well-established a fantasy for it to be something you never thought of. I feel like... Hmm. Just because you think of something doesn't mean you want it. No, but you thought about it. Consider something doesn't mean you want it. But you thought about it. It doesn't. Okay, are you going to jail people for their thoughts? No. Well, there you go. But I'm just saying, like, you can criticize without going so far as like trying to jail. Yeah, like you can think about it. You can you can like consider the implications of something without necessarily wanting to be i'm gonna defend ikuhara here for like the first time in my (laughs) life i'm defending ikuhara i know but to me it's very clear that this is an indictment of that kind of behavior i think so and just because he imagined that behavior happening doesn't mean that he wanted that i think probably probably the the creators and how they imagined this out were drawing from their own experiences with violation and with being too young for certain things to happen and yeah. that kind of thing. And so I don't think that this is this is coming at it from the predator's point of view. Like they put you in the predator's point of view, but that's specifically to make you uncomfortable when you realize you were the predator all along. Yeah. You were the person who victimized her. Yeah. You were the person who ruined her. I ruined thinking quote, of like unquote. basically mm-hmm. a sting. I, I, uh, you know, like those police stings that they do? Mm. It's almost that kind uh, of thing. Like forcing this sort of like luring you in only to capture you in this moment of realization. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I am like, going to say yeah, like, that I think that sometimes that the series borders on like lampshading the issue as opposed to like actually critiquing the issue i feel like there's a lot when it comes to the series i feel like there's a lot of gray area as opposed like in yeah like yeah what is or is not actually a critique versus like maybe bordering on a little too creepily intimate with yeah. That's that's the same thing I feel about Ikuhara constantly having lesbians in everything that he does. Yeah, definitely. Like, that's to me that's incredibly creepy. That's incredibly creepy because to me like again, I have a little experience as a writer. I know how much of you goes into the things that you do and it's more than you think it is. 
every fucking time. Every time. Yeah, it's true. And to to watch Ikuhara constantly come back to this one running theme, this one specific situation with two girls, and to know that he's said things like, I, I think that girls, two girls in love is more pure than any other romance, and then and that kind of thing. Like, yeah. knowing that that's happened, it just makes me very uncomfortable about the way that he views lesbian relationships and just women female sexuality in the and sense. i'm not gonna say it's the oh my god i'm jerking off kind of thing that you would expect from a straight guy because the rumors are that, that ikuhara is, is yeah. very very much some kind of lb lgbt quilt bag some kind of quilt bag um so and the other thing that i read about it was that I, oh, I'm trying to like dredge this up from my memory here, but it was something to the effect of when you're trying to externalize things in yourself, sometimes it's easier to put them on the opposite sex yeah, so that you get some kind of yeah. distance yeah. from it. And supposedly yeah. the rationale a lot of women use to justify why they yeah, take the, like, yeah, Oh yeah, exactly. we talked about this last time we recorded with you guys. Yeah. I remember. Yes. And I was, I was thinking about this, but I didn't really get into it. But like, but that's how I kind of feel about what Ikuhar is doing with the lesbians. Is he like maybe projecting? And this is all complete, yeah, complete conjecture. I've never spoken to the man. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, no. If I did speak to him, asking about something like this would be super <laughs> awkward. But that would not stop me. <laughs> <laughs> The idea of I will. The, the idea of him totally. using that as sort of projection, as well as a way of di- being able to look at something while also having a safe distance from it, so that you don't have to almost as if handling it with gloves. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. As soon Absolutely. as you guys said that about you know this being this kind of open secret that he's some one of these uh, some kind letters, of quilt bag some yeah. kind of that quilt was, bag first thought was that makes so much sense because it turns what would yeah. was kind of a i wasn't sure what to think about element into a i'm not still not sure if this is 100 percent great but suddenly it makes a lot more sense like and yeah. to be a little personal with it like i mean i kind of did that with um i found like a, a while back i found i found myself when i was writing being more comfortable and sort of drifting towards without realizing why constantly having um women as may as protagonists and yeah and yeah doing so to the point that i i, I look like i realized that i was doing this over years it's like i i remember at one point i was thinking to myself is this creepy yeah and Oh God! Being weird yes. Oh God! Yes. Myself, like because I had done this without this sort of made this pattern without meaning to. Like, like in my agreement here, I'm not saying um, yes. This is creepy. <laughs> I'm saying yes. I understand where you're coming and from a hundred percent. Oh God! Yes. It's like there, there's and a lot of especially with stuff that's not like that's pre two thousand made by queer people. Mm-hmm. There's there's always this sort of ironic distance or point yeah. of get like language games it reminds me of mm-hmm, like yeah. um 
like back in the Victorian era, you have an entire language of um, of queerness, which is bizarre to us today. Yeah, like the whole intimate yes. friendships thing that yes. is reflected here in Utsuna with the the whole we joke about the whole special. Well, you're a special friend. That that yeah 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 like it's because it, it actually very is special funny, Tomodachi. Like, it is pretty it's funny. Also, it is. It's very like it is totally from this point of view. It's definitely funny. It's totally a thing. That but we're also like, looking down the barrel of something. Definitely years yeah. too. Like very much like, the parallels between that and the way that you find queer relationships talked about in personal like effects from Victoria to till kind of the, the sixties. Yeah. Um, okay, I'm not gonna yeah. lie. The two things I think I would pick your is um reading a um reading correspondence of a woman in the early like in the late nineteenth century, but I'm really mostly thinking about the fact that we know that Oscar Wilde and Walt Whitman really did totally did it once and they were described <laughs> as being very special I'm friends. Wild to get into this conversation, mm-hmm. like bring up Oscar Wilde. Well, I bring it up. Okay, so like the person describing it, they're like them meeting like through a mutual friend, and then he decided to go take a walk after reading mm-hmm. the energy of the room. Um, yeah, and he described mm-hmm. as if being these. He described them as being a very special kind of friendship, and it's very cagey mm-hmm. to the point where I stopped when I was reading. I was like. I can't legitimately can't tell if this is someone who is utterly friggin' ignorant or if this is somebody who completely knows and is even in this private way for in this safe way working in layers of code. Yeah. I feel like it was the code. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe straight people are just dumb sometimes. Mm, I mean and that's true, like, but I think I don't know that it's dumb. It's that like, like, like case in point, I have a, a coworker. I work with a lot of Middle Eastern men because there are a lot of the uh, uh, residents that we get in neurosurgery. Um, and one of them, uh, a Saudi Arabian gentleman is flamboyantly gay to the point Super gay. that literally anyone with any Adorable. familiarity with like cultural uh, markers would go. Yes, he's clearly gay. He's very out with like the nursing staff and things like that. But when he's around the other neurosurgeons, he has to be in the closet or risk ostracization for from like his entire cultural group. They would have to punish him if they admitted they knew he was gay. However, the fact that he's so out to the rest of us is like, how can you not know? And the thing is, I think they all do know, but as long as they can say they don't have to face plausible it. Plausible deniability. Yeah, as long as there's a little plausible di- deniability, they get to say, oh, well, I didn't know. Yeah, and then they don't have to react in that way, and it's like the closest and they don't have to, get to deal like, with putting yeah. their their coworker to to shame, shame or whatever. And I mm-hmm. think a lot of the time, straight people that are not comfortable with whatever quilt bag is presented to them will have that desire to maintain a plausible deniability. Really, I didn't know. I didn't know Freddie Mercury was gay. Is a thing I've literally heard people say. Yeah. So, <laughs> like, what? Yeah, and I think that. 
desire to just not see what is clearly in front of you. Well, but it's way easier not to yeah, see something because then you don't that will have cause a problem for you. Because like, then you have to deal with it, and who wants to deal with it? Exactly. It's it's kind of a progress of a shitty kind, because it means at least that you're not so angry at this person existing that you feel you need to destroy them, but you still need to keep up the pretense that if you knew you would destroy them. And yeah. I, it feels like more so of a exactly lateral step than it does a step forward. Yeah. Yeah. It's not quite forward. It's it's a step of it's some like kind. It's like forward But more to the side. Than yeah, I would definitely say. more to the side. Like a foot to the side and like maybe two inches forward. Yeah. yeah it's also maybe. it's easier yeah. for me to say that about this one than it is about Yurikuma. Oh. Yurikuma. Don't even talk that, about Yurikuma. I hated it. We're gonna watch yeah, it. Like, you guys right. are coming along yeah. for that ride. Yeah. I'm, I'm coming yes. along for that ride, but yeah. don't expect anything intelligent from me because I, I hated that show. I mean, I at least this. hated I have it. people to... that I trust have said that it does get better. It actually it really does. Um, I have to admit yeah. some yeah. of its special place in my heart, actually about at least half of it, is because like before Scarlett and I were dating, very soon before that happened, um, she introduced me to it as a mostly I didn't a, know as that. a joke. She did. Um, she introduced it to me so just to get me to, to like like watch this weird show that she had already watched. So that so basically, Scarlett her, just told them me is what happened here. She, she did. That was actually. Definitely. I have a little bit of a weird place in my heart where, on one hand, I have lots of problems with it. And on the other hand, I have a lot of things I love about it. And then on the third hand that I don't have is the fact that, like, you know, it was one of the things that we bonded over Aww. right before we started dating. Yeah, that's so sweet. That is so sweet. But it is. And it is. I, it is it's harder I, to defend on these grounds than Utena is because. There's a bigger love. Okay. Past. Gio and I bonded because of Utna, and our bond reflects Utna. So, so that's as depressing as it should sound. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Really, really, like our entire relationship is like that. You know that? Okay, I'm gonna get real bad oh, for boy. a second here. Um. Okay. Oh, do you remember? Do you remember? Um. Oh, what the fuck was it called? The one nine eleven video with the Benny Hill music. I've seen. Oh God. I've seen one. Yeah. I was gonna compare our relationship (laughs) to that. It's not that bad. I promise. (laughs) (laughs) Our relationship good is what you would accept token exactly it's funny that you mentioned that because i'm for our patreon i'm actually having to write a toga say say on fic yep ah yes nice if you need to consult me i am here the christmas i have, I'll have to remember to yeah to send, i'll have to remember favorite. to send you a um link to the gdoc it's gonna be short i have an idea for it i think it's gonna be good i want to see it yeah I don't like to ship, but if I had to ship something, yeah. Because I actually, yeah. one, of my, one of my favorite things in Utah is actually their weird, tormented relationship. It is I know, yeah, so I, I ship Seonji and Toga, like, and I feel bad about it. But the, the more that the more that I, that you look into that relationship, 
the more it humanizes Seonji and contextualizes Toga. Exactly. 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 But like when you realize that Toga has oh. basically groomed him to be kind of monstrous, you can't help but feel yes. bad for him because even he knows. Yes, that, because he, he never chose to be that way. Like, and yet on some level, he realizes this you know, has like, happened. Yes. Like, you, yes. He can tell, but he doesn't. What do you do with it? He doesn't know what he, to do he with understands. it. Well, so, I mean, he, what do you do with it? I mean, the monstrousness is strength. The monstrousness yeah. is strength, and he subscribes to strength as one of the major ways to deal with the world. And so, in in some senses, he realizes that he's monstrous. In other senses, he is embracing that monstrousness because he feels that it gives him strength and power when dealing with the world. There's a sense in which, like Toga, there are, we get we get a couple moments where Seonji is just being a genuine person. And they mm-hmm. actually feel kind of genuine. You can almost see that without Toga's influence, Sanji might not have been all that bad a guy. Like exactly. I mean, we, we like. Well, to be honest, like okay, think about think about what is it? Episode nine. Yeah. Where they're in the church and all of that. Kid Sanji, think about what he acts like and what he reacts like. He's the empathetic yeah. one. He's the one who's frightened. He's the one who has all these emotional reactions. He's the one whose intuition is so close to the surface. Like he's, and he's the one screaming, why aren't you helping her? Exactly. If you, if you exactly. think you can help her, why aren't you helping her? He's a ball of feelings Sanji's there. Like being, <laughs> is being a, just, he's being a normal kid, but he's also being a surprisingly empathetic one. And Toga, even as a kid, exactly. is sort of like putting, is being dramatic. And everything is yes. He's already doing Gendo pose. I mean, yeah, <laughs> like Child Toga already has Gendo pose down, and that's not yeah, good. yeah. But Child Sanji is exhibiting all of these these attributes that, to be honest, looking from Toga's point of view, he would have picked somebody like that if he didn't have somebody like that already. Yeah. He would have picked somebody like that. But and to, and to like, sort of like. You know, not to, not to drag us on in that too far, but I also get the feeling that in a way, Toka picked Seonji not just because he felt he was easy to move around, but also because, like, Seonji's closeness to his own emotions is in a way a yeah. strength that Toga is unable to have. Because Toga... Absolutely. He lives vicariously through Sanji's ability to feel yeah, things. Absolutely. And so does. like he, he seems Same to even as he seems to detest it, he also seems to also kind of want it. Yeah. Like it's yep. it's a yep, passion definitely. and it's an emotional response that Toga doesn't allow himself. Toga cannot afford that. No. So he reacting naturally and nurtures that so Sanji yeah. can have that reaction in lieu of him There's having a, it. Reacting naturally is anathema mm-hmm. to somebody like Toga. Like, yeah. you can't. Your reactions have to be groomed to whatever situation you're in. And that's part of Toga's kind of, like, tragic existence. I don't know. We have, like, kind of a, a semi-meme on the Discord is depressing Toga thoughts. Which um, is all the Toga thoughts. Yeah, cause, because whenever you think about Toga, you you basically, like, within one logical step, get to something that's incredibly depressing. Like, this like... A, in, in Utna, speaking of, actually, I've realized this now, but it's funny that we, we mentioned that whole ironic distance, that whole, like, projecting yourself onto this other thing, mm-hmm. because 
a lot of Utana is about either projecting yourself onto something else or living vicariously through something else. Yeah. Like, yeah. Toga's living yeah. vicariously kind of through Sionji. Even as Sionji gets closer to the machinations of power that he wants to have through Toga, we have, like, Akio, the one who around whom all revolves, is really... Anthe does almost all of his dirty work for him. Yes. He, he just, yes. He just does yeah, the fun does parts, the as it were. Um, yeah. ugh, I just like yep. Corinne yep. saying that, but, like, she does most of it for yep. him. Like, Seonji and Seonji and tries to live vicariously a relationship where he is not inferior feeling to someone through mm-hmm. Anthony mm-hmm. and like oh, and Wakaba and Wakaba is trying to sort of like vicariously live this relationship where she can dote on someone who a hundred percent appreciates it mm-hmm. and it's just on and on and on. Everyone is trying to yeah. live vicariously through another person or escape where they yeah. are to somewhere else. Yeah. You should write an essay about you that. Should. And put it on actually, our site. Yeah. I actually probably should tell you, I am, I, I am actually working yeah. on one about Mickey. Oh, about that's great. I'm Mickey's so happy. last duel. Um, because it mm-hmm. is the weirdest episode of the show. Because yeah, everyone, I would love to read it. Yeah, because I haven't come to any conclusions on yeah, it. Yeah, no, really, like that one's a big question mark for us. I think maybe we just don't have the emotional connection to Miki to yeah, really get what's don't. going on there. I would love, I would love to read. I would it, love to have that explained for yeah, us. That but yeah, yeah, as soon as I reading the reading the stuff on, which by the way, listeners, if you're still with us, I would like to say, almost all of those essays are phenomenal and you need to read them 10 well, years well it's ago. unfortunate that um, all of our listeners jump ship by now yeah. probably whatever like goodness. look i'm getting enough okay. satisfaction about this to continue for like at least another hour i so. I, I, I sincerely just kind of forget that this is being recorded and yeah really we're just like whatever we're and, talking and we're i feel like about I, it, you know. it's just easier that way for me to just not contextualize this as something that there's going to be a record of. this is this is something we do all the time whenever we get together with utina fans but to, okay just to go back just because it made me kind of laugh uh-huh um when you're talking about sayanji and how toga lives vicariously through him there's a line in episode 25 when they're talking in the kendo hall and and Toga's like, you're going to be the champion of the of the kendo stuff this year. And Sanji's like, yeah, I know, but you think this is child's play, and in your heart, you're laughing at me. And Sanji's not wrong, but at the same time, Toga is probably imagining how wonderful it would be yeah. to just worry about winning the kendo hall yeah, tournament to that year. To just worry about be. that, yeah. Like, He's living vicariously through this experience that Sionji is sitting there like, you think of less of me because of okay. this. Okay, you know what? It's like just okay. sad and terrible. I'm and just going to bring up something that's pretty fucked up. Um, Toga is still living with his abuser. Yeah. Yeah, yeah probably. Toga is still living... Toga is still living with his abuser that in the text it explicitly says that he offered his ass to his dad... To protect Nanami from having to do this. It's, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, so, the more you think about him in terms of that, the more his entire everything makes a lot of sense. 
makes sense. It makes sense. And is that is that a princely act? Is that a kind? Is that a that that, was that was that is a princely act in a world that's that disgusting. When Toga looks at Utna, he sees something he could have been. That's why he's so attracted. I I, I actually said something much. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. And when he has that sort of heel heel turn at the end, where he's like, "Shit, I've been outmaneuvered. I've been outflanked." I am not playing this game. Yeah. I, this game is playing me. He has a complete 180 and has yeah. that turn up to I realize that like what he really likes about Utsuna is his liking Utsuna is genuine at that point. Whether it was before, mm-hmm, yeah. you know, is debatable. But at that point, it is 100% genuine because he sees, yes. oh shit, Utsuna is what I could have been and I am helping turn yeah. her into something more like me and it just like just yeah, blue exactly. screen of death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I really think that people miss that. I really think that people kind of like just glide right over that. Like, and in some senses, okay, we're going back to like back in the before times of the fandom. But um, a lot of the time, that Playboy speech was brought up to justify Toga <laughs> becoming a, yeah. a a moral character the the whole oh playboy that sounds of old-fashioned and that was brought up to like justify him turning into somebody who was actually utina's prince oh my god they should end up together blah 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 blah, blah. Uh, yeah and i i never bought that but that whole speech is like the the it's not even the pivotal point because the pivotal point He's already gone through that, but that speech is the acknowledgement, mm-hmm. the conscious acknowledgement that what he's been doing is not what he wanted to do. It's not how he wanted to be. And to me, that's just very poignant when you compare it. Well, not compare it when you when you place that beside the fact that he offered himself to an abuser to save his little sister. Like that's about as close to being a prince as you're going to get. I know. In the world. I know. And it's just something like him realizing that he's not as much of a prince as he wanted to be is so like morally alien to everything else that's going on that it's, well, it's just almost it's like hard he, to like, look at. It's almost like he thought by doing this one thing, it was going to make him a prince forever when he didn't realize that the cost incurred is always going to need reinforcing. Yes. Like, this one thing that he's done, as big a deal as it is, doesn't change the fact that he's an evil prick the rest of the time. Yeah, 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 yeah. It doesn't permit him to act this way. It doesn't no, give him... It so doesn't. And but that's, he, and that's but he treats that, it as if yeah. it does. He, ter- he treats it as if as if it does, whereas Akio has an implicit understanding of this because he literally can't be one or the other. Yeah. He has to be, or can't be both. He has to be one or the other. Toga thinks he can have his cake and eat it too. Mm-hmm. He thinks he can be a princely figure in an unjust world when an unjust world yep. basically precludes the concept entirely. Yep. But. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of like the fact that when he does that heel turn, and kind of basically recruit Sayonji. At the time, I felt like to an extent Sayonji goes with him, partially just because he's like, where you're bound, so am I. But also because this is finally Toga yeah, yeah. is vulnerable and doing something for a reason other than yes. playing this game. Mm-hmm. 
Yes. Of course he's on board. Yep. He's on board, and I think it's always, like, super telling that in in, in his duel, Sainji's not watching the fight. Like, when you see him, you know, zoom by in the car, he's got his head down, and he's not watching. And I feel like it's, Sainji is keenly aware Toga's not going to win this duel. Mm-hmm. He genuinely knows that. But he also knows Toga's not going to learn anything by not fighting it. So it's almost like I'm your friend and I'm going to show up for this completely motionless, ridiculous thing you're going to do because you need to do it to get over your shit. Kind of like (laughs) a a friend that shows up at uh, the breakup of a bad relationship. Like, I'm here to support you, even though I know this is a hot mess. I mean, he's... he's, I'm in this hot mess He's Joe's friends before they start talking. Like, they're both kind of there with the express knowledge that it is not going to work. But they have to try because yeah. what if they're wrong and they at least have to to kind of try. If they're doomed, it's a it's well, a sort of almost a, a this weird Norse fatalism about it. Like even if you're doomed, you have to at least try. Well, like even if it, I don't know, it's not even finding out whether there's a way you could have won or if you didn't win, then you know what I mean? Like, it's not like, it's not like he's looking at it as I might be able to win even in spite of my expectation that I won't. He's looking at it as what does a good person do? What does a moral person do? Which is a, which is a sneaky ass thing for him to be wondering about when he's observed that the only thing Utina seems to have that nobody else has is good intentions. Yeah. So he's watched, you know, 35 episodes of Utina winning these jewels because she has good intentions. And he goes, maybe if I have good intentions too, I'll win the duel. Yes. Which I mean, immediately means it's going to backfire. We know that. Well, yeah, yeah. Distance. <laughs> We do know that. But, but he's like, maybe if I get on a slightly higher moral ground, I'll win the jewels. Yes. So, I mean, he's still so trying he's to have still his cake scheming. He's, he's still, still scheming. scheming. But he's scheming in, like, the right direction. He's, like, trying to the wrong direction. He's trying to positively scheme. But she's like, <laughs> oh, Babby's first attempt at being human. I mean, but... it's all he knows. He only yeah. knows. How to move pings on a board. It's all, like, yeah, this is absolutely. as close as he gets to not mm-hmm. moving pieces on a board, playing chess with himself and others. Mm-hmm. He's trying. To just emotionally reacting and feeling and, like, doing things that his heart tells him to do. Whereas, whereas I would say Akio probably is not redeemable. No, certainly Toka not. Oh God, is no! Definitely redeemable. Oh, he's absolutely. Oh redeemable. yeah, but that oh, almost yeah. that's also gets into what is yeah, I, you know, is it bleh, is Yeah, yeah, no, like, that question. Becomes, that's like, that is a is thing. Akio is Akio human? human? Is he capable yeah. of changing? Toga's and is the, very capable. I don't know if he's going to. But... Oh absolutely. yeah, he's absolutely, 100% absolutely, human and he can be redeemed. But when you compare him to Akio, like this... you have to ask the question of whether Akio is confined by his role mm-hmm. can he be anything else like i i honestly mm-hmm. drift towards mm-hmm. the idea that it's not possible for well, akio Ak- to be all akio else. is is dios in the opposite direction exactly because dios, exactly dios's characteristics and his what defines him is his capacity to be what princesses want mm-hmm. 
That's all that, that's, that's I'll the only, take you out for dinner yeah, on a night I'll, when you're lonely. I'll save you from a lonely night. I'll save you from, from a, dragon. a dragon. I'll, I'll save, save you from, from you know, a, but a he's beholding to that or whatever. And he had, and whatever Dios is, he's defined by his ability to be what a princess wants. I don't know that that changes when he becomes Akio. What the changes is the princess. I was actually going to say that I, I originally kind of looked at Dios and Akio as being opposite in the sense that Dios is shown in the past to be about giving. He gives of himself until yes. he's literally dying. Whereas Akio is all about yeah. take. Yeah. Akio is always about acquire. Yeah. He sucks other people yes. dry. And like, with that in mind, I'm not really sure that he can be understood in the same human terms that other characters yeah. can. And so in a, in, in a way, yeah. no, I, I would not say that necessarily he's beyond our moral judgment, but he's also like, we're not going to be able to understand, we can't understand his actions, motivations through a perfectly human lens because he's not. Yeah, because Definitely he's not. not, he's not us. He's no. something other and he's determined by a set of morals and guidelines that to be honest we look at and we go oh i want to aspire to that but they're not saying that they're the shoujo version of 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 cthulhu but kind of (laughs) (laughs) something like that though i i I have i have some actually yes she has akio i would Um, like to go back in time to before i I heard those words (laughs) but (laughs) as a sort of but yeah, there's something kind of Lovecraftian anyway. about him. There's something eldritch and and it other. Is, yeah, like I, I just can't, like, like he can't be judged on the same standards as mortals. Like I, it just it's I, not. It I want to say that, and on the other hand, I want to say he's redeemable. But I I feel like the the defining characteristic of him as a character is that the question yeah. is irrelevant. Yeah, yeah. his head is so far up his ass. That even if he is capable of redemption, he's not going to choose mm. to do it. Yeah, and at that point, does it really matter whether he's Isn't capable it? of it or not? Because mm. he won't. Because he won't. He just so, won't. Yeah. Like unless he meets the Usna like, of Akio, like, which I don't think he will. To me, the question is: it, he won't, but is he? Is that because he can't? Is That's the, the kind of thing where it becomes the an irrelevant question. Well. But I mean, but I know, what I know it's an interesting it is. question. <laughs> it is, but I know, but you know what I mean? Like in the sense yeah. of like, does Toga have low self-esteem? That is an irrelevant question because yeah. if it's true, it's so far buried in him yeah. as to be totally non-functional to his presenting Toga's self-esteem that, is like, in the camp, just completely It's kind of not Theseus's boat, relevant. Theseus's ship, where like, you know, <laughs> it's one of those things yeah. you are literally never going to get an answer that's going to really satisfy you. Yeah. Yeah. No. I mean, I can answer the Toga self-esteem one, thing, but it would one take so many words. Like the Akio one is a Theseus ship. Yeah, you're like you're never the Akio one. Yeah, you just, you just can't. Toga like it's being, so you know more human and understandable. We could you could totally arrive at a pretty satisfying answer about. Yeah, that's actually what really what attracted me to him in the first place was that he had all of this very like. All of these mannerisms that were so alien to everybody else around him, that were so, like, different from how everybody else related to the world. It's that sense of alienation through the entire thing. Like, this is somebody who's learned to manipulate the world using chopsticks kind of thing because they can't touch it themselves. 
Yeah. Like, and that's just so fascinating that they managed to portray that so easily in the show. And yet for all of his scheming and all of his awareness and all of his machinations, it's signs you mm. that realizes they're in a fucking mirage. Exactly. Exactly. Like literally. I know. And like, you feel like Toa has some idea that this is the case, but it's it's been subsumed entirely in so, his so Toga need has to just, have power. Toga so. has just enough intelligence to be buying into the system yeah. harder than anybody else. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, like, being smart and being clever doesn't save you from being a victim of the system. Yeah, well, it, it what tends is it to like, make you worse. There's that, there's that thing where they say that smart people are more easily taken yeah. in by scams. Yeah, like nurses are the worst victims of diet fads. God, yes. And we're college educated with backgrounds in nutrition that would tell us this is all horseshit. <laughs> yet every nurse I know has gone on some fucking watermelon <laughs> and poop cleanse and God knows what. Yeah. Like, like you should I know better. as a watermelon. Today, like, you by should know better, but you don't. And Sanji yeah. and Toga is, you should know better, but you don't. And you're just yeah. watching him like, why can't you see this? And Sanji's sitting right there going, why can't you see this? But he's just as much a victim of the system as anybody else. And Nanami so. is the same way. Like, she's, she's, I think... She's her, probably a little better off than everybody else yes. given how fast she gets out of that yes. fucking uniform. But like her perception of the situation is kind of like all of this is trappings of something that I don't really give a fuck about aside from my brother. Yeah, I think Nanami's arc is she like, comes to understand that whatever this is, it's over her head and she doesn't want to deal with it. <laughs> the uniform is coming off. And she's gonna just move the fuck off, which is, <laughs> which probably, is healthy and good. Yeah, that's probably the best answer. Yeah, honestly, that's probably your best answer to this whole thing is just get the fuck out as fast as possible. Okay, yep. guys, we've been yep. talking for a very talking. long time. Yeah, we gotta. Yeah, we gotta. We gotta yeah. quit. We could right. we could probably keep doing this for literally until my like computer dies, which is plugged in, so it won't. So yes, that that to give you an idea of how long we could literally continue this conversation, but unfortunately, I am sorry, you probably got nothing usable out of all of this. Well, no, there's a no, lot there's there. A lot you guys there. don't um, give yourselves enough credit, you darn website havers. <laughs> I feel uh, bad for whoever has to edit. Well, this. we really enjoy doing this because, oh, like, oh, honestly, yeah. like, talking to people about Utana and hearing new ideas and getting other people's perspectives is so, so valuable for us. Like, Alice, when you finish your essay, send it to us. Send it to us. I don't care if it agrees with anything I said. Just spell check it. That's so the I one ask. rule. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's the one rule. Yes. You would not believe how many people did it. I can imagine that. Yeah, it was terrible. All right. It was a massacre. If you would like to to follow the show on Twitter, you can do that at Utenacast. If you would like to follow me on Twitter, you can do that at Impandanata. Alice, where can they follow you on Twitter? You can follow me at Lyrewolf, which is L-Y-R-E-W-U-L-F. And you can follow us at Empty Movement at at Otori underscore N-U on Twitter and empty-movement.tumblr.com also our site otori.nu and uh come hang out email we really can't recommend Uh, the website uh, enough there's so much on there that's so good like (laughs) i was worried you were gonna say we we really can't recommend the website (laughs) it's terrible i would never (laughs) it's trash you can read the whole new manga there. You can yeah, like all the there's, kind of there's stuff so much the stuff there. Just 
you guys have garbage opinions doesn't mean your website is bad. <laughs> yeah, my website but is great. It's me. It's terrible. But seriously, I cannot emphasize this enough. If you want to talk about Utina, email us because we can do this forever. And we can bring you into the Discord. Yes, we can bring you into well, the Discord. So. We can hang out with you on the forum. Like, the forum's a little dead now that Discord's the happened. Discord. But, yeah, like, nobody should ever... Like, I, I talked to somebody at Odafest who was saying, Oh, I know about your site. I just never I just never talked to you. I'm like, well, why didn't you email me? <laughs> why didn't you just email me? I'm right here. <laughs> So yeah, shoot us an email, shoot us a tweet, whatever. All Utina fans are our friends, just by default. Freebie. Yeah, exactly. So come hang out with but us. But not like SKU friends, because that's just great. Yeah, no, not Tomodachi's. <laughs> not Tomodachi's. <laughs> if you would like to come on the show to talk about Utina stuff, you can email us at imagineandutina at gmail.com. And you can also hit us up on Twitter or our Tumblr, which is imagineandutina.tumblr.com, uh, which I haven't been using lately, but I will soon. Um, oh, well, I blogged you, or I tagged you in a, in a couple of blogs. Oh, okay, anyway, I'll so have to go look. To- <laughs> um, All right. Because <laughs> I haven't been on there, especially since the last time we recorded this, for sure. Um I think that's it. I think that's all of our... Pl- oh, we are a Patreon-supported podcast, so if you want to help support the show, Patreon is the best way to do that. We just reached our first goal. Now, our second goal is... Uh, our first goal was $30 a month, and now our second goal is $300 a month, and if we get $300, I will buy myself a Sailor Moon proplica and record a video of myself doing a Sailor Moon transformation uh, sequence with it. Excellent. So that Excellent. is what you can get for $300 a month at uh, our Patreon, which you can find the link to on basically any of our social media but that is it. <laughs> Revolutionize the world, everybody. See you later. Hell yeah. Revolutionize Break the world. Break that fucking shell. <laughs>